You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. In our discussion tonight, we will continue our analysis of Aisha, the wife of the Prophet Basically, the question is, why is it that the followers of Ahlul Bayt, peace be upon them, are critical of Aisha? Um, there are many Muslims from other schools of thought who are under the impression that we have a personal problem with her, that we don't accept her as the authority after the Prophet, or we don't uh, see her as the favored wife of the Prophet or believe that she's a high-ranking believer. So in our previous two classes we mentioned a number of verses from the Quran and hadith and historical accounts that show Aisha is not qualified to be a representative of the Prophet and the religion of Islam. And as we started with Surah Al-Tahreem, Surah Al-Tahreem criticizes her and Hafsa. And Surah Al-Tahrim makes it very clear that their hearts strayed from the path, from the truth. And if you remember, we had the discussion that the Quran never says anywhere else that they actually repented and Allah accepted their forgiveness, right? Therefore, why would I follow someone that the Quran said her heart strayed from the path? It's an academic position over here, it's nothing personal. In our discussion tonight, we'll examine how she disobeyed verse 33 of chapter 33. In Surah al which is chapter 33, verse 33, Allah makes a command to specifically the wives of the Prophet. Allah is not, talk, is not talking about all women, He's talking about the wives of the Prophet. Ya Nisa and Nabi. See the verse is very clear, the Quran in Surah al in the previous verses, it's very clear that those who are being addressed are who? the wives of the Prophet. So what does verse 33 state? وَقَرْنَ فِي Basically, stay in your homes, sit in your homes, stay put in your homes. Let's analyze this verse and let's see if Aisha disobeyed this verse in the Holy Quran. When Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib was pledged allegiance and he was democratically elected as the caliph of the Muslims. Aisha mobilized people to go to Basra. She made an alliance with Talha and Zubair, two companions of the Prophet who turned against Imam Ali. She made an alliance with them, she mobilized people to fight Imam Ali. In fact, she led the army. Aisha at the battle of the Jamal, the battle of the camel, she led the army. She violated verse 33 of the Quran where the Quran says, stay put in your homes. When you lead an entire army against the caliph of your time, you are disobeying this verse. Very simple. Allah says, She left the house, she mobilized the people, she got involved in politics, and so she violated the Holy Quran. She clearly in broad daylight disobeyed the Holy Quran. And that's one reason why we're critical of her. 
Now what do Sunnis say in her defense? You will find that a number of Sunni scholars, they say, yeah, we do have a verse in the Quran that says, we acknowledge that. However, there are exceptions. The wives of the Prophet can leave their homes for urgent needs and to go to Hajj or for a good cause. It's okay for a wife of the Prophet to go to Umrah or Hajj. It doesn't violate the instruction, stay in your house. So there are exceptions to the verse. What Aisha did was an exception. She thought she was serving the Muslim Ummah. She wanted to play a positive role. She thought there was a fitna between Imam Ali and the supporters of Uthman. So basically that's why she got involved. She thought she had the right to leave. So it's not like she deliberately disobeyed the Quran but she was under the impression that I have this exception. Just like you can go for an urgent need, you can go to Hajj for a good purpose, I also went to Basra for a good purpose. I was trying to mediate and let's say bring peace to the Muslim Ummah. So in their defense that's, that's what they've said. So she didn't really disobey the Holy Quran. Now they've uh, stated this in, in different ways but that's the core of it. What's our response? Number one, other wives of the Prophet, they clearly understood this verse as prohibiting them from getting involved in such matters. How come she didn't? I'll share with you an example. Al-Hakim al-Naysaburi, a very prominent Sunni scholar who's gathered hadiths that are sahih according to the standard of Bukhari and Muslim, well-respected Sunni scholar in the Muslim world. He narrates this hadith from Amra bint Abdul Rahman. She says, when Imam Ali salam wanted to go to Basra, he went to see Umm Salama. Who's Umm Salama? The wife of the Prophet. Umm Salama told him, Oh Ali, go to Basra by the blessings of Allah, because Umm Salama was supportive of Imam Ali. I swear by Allah, you are on the haqq, you are on the truth. Then look at what she says. This is Sunni hadith, not Shia hadith. She says, I wish I can come with you to Basra and defend you, but there's only one thing stopping me. Allah and the Prophet told us, told us, stay in your homes, don't get involved. If it weren't for my fear of violating this verse, I would have come with you. First of all, Umm Salama is recognizing that going with Imam Ali is the truth, is the haqq. She's saying, look, I know you're on the haqq, but I just don't want to risk disobeying the Quran. Even though I know you're on the haqq and we should support you, but I being the wife of the Prophet, I have a special instruction to stay put. Therefore, what am I going to do to compensate for that? Since I can't go with you, I will send someone who's so dear to me, my own son. I will send my own son Umar, he's Umar, the son of Umm Salama. I will have him support you because I technically can't come. There's a verse preventing me. This is a Sahih Hadith according to the standards of Bukhari and Muslim. 
come Um Salama was so clear to her that you should not get involved in these matters because there's a verse in the Holy Quran and, and how come Aisha didn't see that? See it was pretty clear for the wives of the Prophet that you need to stay put, don't get involved in these matters. So the defense of Aisha that you know she didn't know, no, it was pretty clear. And the proof is other wives found it very clear, such as Um Salama. To the point where Um Salama she says, I know you are, I swear by Allah you're on the haqq. But there's a verse, it's restricting me. So it, it wasn't something not that clear for Aisha to come up with her own opinion about it. It was super clear from Quran and the Prophet, you my wives, stay, don't get involved. So that, that's one response to that. Yes, brother. Well, Imam Ali السلام, was told that uh, Talha and Zubair, along with Aisha, they're gathering in Basra to create uh, a caliphate against him. So the Imam went to stop them basically, to save the unity of the Muslim Ummah. So Umm Salama really, really understood that. Number two. Another defense Sunni scholars have mentioned is that Aisha repented from that. She felt awful later and she would cry so much until her garment would be soaked with tears. Well, you know, why did I go to Jamal? For instance, Ahmad ibn Hanbal, the leader of the Hanbali school of thought, he mentions this hadith. He says, when Aisha would read this verse, وَقَرْنَ فِي بُيُوتِكُنَّ Sit in your homes. فَتَبْكِي حَتَّى She would cry until her khimar would be wet. Khimar is the head covering. When she would hear this verse of the Quran after Jamal, she would cry so much regretting why she disobeyed this verse. Sunni hadith that confirms that. We also have Al-Qurtubi who is one of the Sunni um, scholars of Tafsir al-Quran, he mentions this hadith, he says Aisha when she would read this verse وَقَرْنَ فِي بُيُوتُكُنَّ she'd cry and cry until her head covering would be soaked. Sauda was another wife of the Prophet, she was told how come you never go to Hajj or Umrah? Go! Isn't it mustahab to go to Hajj? Isn't it mustahab to go to Umrah? You know what her response was? قالت قد حججت واعتمرت I've already done my hajj and my umrah in my life. وأمرني الله أن أقر في بيتي And Allah has commanded me or أقر في بيتي has commanded me to sit in my house. The narrator says, I bear witness she did not leave her house for any trip, journey, hajj, umrah until she died and they took her body out of her house. Um Salama understood it, Sauda understood the verse. How come only when it comes to Aisha, she thought she can go out if it's a good cause? No, see it's very clear, Sauda is being told Hajj and Umrah, she's like I've already done my Hajj and Umrah, I don't have an obligation. Allah tells me, sin in your house, very clear. So we'll get to that. Okay, so what about the claim that Aisha repented because she'd cry so much? First of all, the fact that she repented, if Sunnis accept that, 
it means she realized that she disobeyed. Okay, I as a follower of Ahlul Bayt, that's my response. Okay, fine, Aisha made a major sin, then she repented. Why would I follow someone who makes such a major sin? 20,000 people died at Jamal, then is going to repent. I don't need a leader like that. I have leaders who are pure. I have Imam Ali, he never made a mistake. Lady Fatima never made a mistake. Why am I obligated to follow her when she can make such huge mistakes? Why? See, if I had nobody after the Prophet except her, okay, I'm stuck. I have to follow her. <laughs> but when I have leaders who are pure, who don't make these types of mistakes, why are they trying to pressure us to follow her path and accept her hadith and accept her teachings and praise her? Why? I'm not obligated to do that. I have other leaders who represent the Prophet better way. They did not make such huge mistakes. So that's the first response. Number two, in reality, if you examine why she'd cry, she didn't really repent. I'll tell you why. When you repent and you feel bad about something and you realize it's a mistake and you're sincere with your repentance, you compensate for the mistake, right? Show me any place, even in Sunni hadith, that Aisha came, she apologized to Imam Ali السلام, and she told the people, oh people, stand behind Ali ibn Abi Talib. What I did was wrong. Support him and I support him. She never did that. If she truly repented, the least she could have done is, oh Ali, you're the true Khalifa, you're the rightful Caliph, we all support you, let's defend you. How come she never did that? It's not really repentance. You fight a person who's the rightful caliph of your time. 20,000 Muslims die. You just sit there and cry, haram. That's not real repentance. Repentance means you go and fix it. You go and make a statement that what I did was wrong. Oh people, all of you who turned against Ali because of me, go back to Ali ibn Abi Talib. He is the rightful leader. She never did that. You make amends. She never made amends. So how do you want me to really trust that she really repented? When I don't see any instances of her making amends. In fact, she remained hostile to Imam Ali until Imam Ali was martyred. And I'll show you the proof. So now you could ask me then why did she cry? If you want our analysis, and remember this is analysis, I'm not saying this is revelation from Jibra'il for them to come and say, you know, do you have Ilm al-Ghayb now, you know what was in her heart? But look at the clues, the clues indicate she cried because she failed in her mission. What was her mission in going to Basra? To overthrow Ali ibn Abi Talib, to overpower Imam Ali, give power to Talha and Zubair and they become the Caliphs. Well that failed. Imam Ali was victorious at Jamal and he returned her back to Medina. And so she realized she made a major mistake. She mobilized all these people, 20,000 people got killed and in the end you didn't achieve what you wanted. Of course you're going to feel bad. So when you look at the clues and the circumstances, it seems this is the more likely reason why she was crying. Not because she sincerely repented, because she didn't achieve what she wanted. So she's like, you know what, it wasn't worth it. Why did I do that? So that's our analysis of why she'd cry, assuming these hadiths are Sahih and Sunni sources until her khimar would be soaked with tears. Assuming she did cry that much, 
and we accept the Sunni claim that she cried that much, we'd say it's for other reasons, not really out of uh, sincere repentance because she never made amends. You make amends when you're really repentful, like Hur in Karbala. Hur felt the remorse for betraying Imam Hussein but to fix it what did he do? He went to Imam Hussein's side and he told him, I want to fix my mistake, I want to make amends, amends. Allow me to be the first one to die in your way. See, that's sincere tawbah. But for you just to leave the chaos like that, that's not sincere tawbah. Any questions on that? So we do have many Sunni sources that capture the extent of her grief and sorrow. Another one is uh, Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani who's the most famous commentator of Bukhari, he has a commentary on Bukhari, it's called Fath al-Bari, Fi Sharh Sahih al-Bukhari. He says that Tabarani, the famous Sunni historian, has mentioned this hadith about Aisha expressing her sadness. Basically Aisha said about Jamal, وَدَدْتُ أَنِّي جَلَسْتُ كَمَا جَلَسَ غَيْرِي I wish I would have stayed put and not gone to Jamal. فَكَانَ أَحَبُّ إِلَيَّ مِنْ أَنْ أَكُونَ وَلَدْتُ مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَالِهِ she says, I wish I would not have gone to Jamal and stayed in my house. That would be dearer to me than having 10 sons from Rasulullah. Isn't it an honor to have 10 children from the Prophet? Remember, she had no child from the Prophet. She's like, if I could do what others did by staying in their homes, that's better to me than having 10 sons from the Prophet. And in another hadith, Al-Hakim al-Naysaburi narrates in his book Al-Mustadrak al-Sahihain, she says, She says, I'd rather choose to grieve over 10 of my dead sons, good sons, than to have done what I've done. So yeah, she did regret it. But the question is, did her regret indicate repentance? And we gave our, you know, analysis of why she was so regretful. She miscalculated, she didn't get what she had in mind and therefore, you know, she is expressing that grief.